Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. And welcome back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. Focus on the defense with Vance Beffer. We ought to call him Nostradamus or Vance Nostras. I don't know what we need to call you, Vance, but you you pick these games. I got to start out with that because Vance Beffer said Michigan. First, you said Michigan gonna win this game. A lot of people pick Michigan to win the game. Not that many people pick Michigan to win the game. Twenty-eight to twenty-four. And they lost, and they won it thirty to twenty-four, Vance. So only two points off of Michigan's total. You got the victory. You knew exactly what Ohio State was going to put up, and that was not enough to win, brother Vance. How are you doing? And how do you do it, man? Let, hold on, I'll tell, I'll tell you how I do it. Yeah, hold on, hear my music. I took Dion's music. Dion can't have this song. This is Vance's song. Hey, hey, look, look, look what I'm holding up. What's that? Hey, I'm trying to Hey, 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 we coming, brother. We are coming. We, we are coming. We get the uh, You people in here, man. You people in here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, as I man. watched that game, it kind of played out like I thought it was going to play out. Okay, they we ran a lot of roll covers to 18, whether it was zone, we doubled them 18, where everybody else was man-to-man with a double on him. We invited Ohio State to run the football. They didn't figure that out until the third quarter. They had no idea what was going on, that we had a, a, a short box to be playing covers most of the time. In the third quarter, they had that long drive. They knew that we were doubling them 18, so they started running the football, and they had some creases in there. And what you saw for the first time this year, in my opinion, the defensive line got tired. They're not used to having eight, nine play drives, and they couldn't substitute guys in because Ohio State did a couple things. They had some up-tempo. They did a bunch of FSL. Up-tempo and FSL has been an issue a year ago, and we hadn't seen much of it this year. With everything we've been talking about this season, Sam, we saw it in this ball game. We really did. Yeah, so a couple of things really, really jumped out. You already touched on one of them about number 18. Uh, and I'll get to that coming up. But the first thing I want to get to is something I asked you about when we watched the Minnesota game. And remember, they were getting that split stretch on Michigan, mm-hmm. right? And it took them about a quarter to, to tighten it up. But they, was, they were gashing them for a minute. And I remember I asked you, I said, Vance, Ohio State, do they have this? They got split stretch. You say, yes, Sam, they got it. Vance, they tried that. And clearly, clearly they were they were watching the tape. That was a part of the game plan. And Michigan did a good job of clapping down on that. The biggest thing is that the quarterback for Ohio State, McCord, not a runner. So you could call it RPO, run pass option, but there's no option part of it because the quarterback's not a runner. Run pass option means I can give, which is a dive. The receiver is the pitch, and the quarterback take it to the corner. This quarterback was flashing pass and stayed in the pocket. If he was a runner, we could have had some issues. The guy from Minnesota could run it a little bit, so he opened things up. They run a true run pass option. This is play action, uh, R-O. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so there was no run by the quarterback. And the quarterback, again, I'm, I'm, I don't blame the kid. I blame the coach, the quarterback coach. I don't say on the interception. Because, yeah, we talked about this two weeks ago. When you want to run pass option, the quarterback has to look at what? The linebacker or the nickelback who's ever in that area. If he pulls the trigger, you throw it. If he stays, you get it. Okay? But the quarterback had time. he go to the line of scrimmage, and I see a safety outside the hash. That's the indicator he's over the top. If he's over the top, it's a good chance I have him going to have a cloud corner. Now, did he know the guy was going to be inside? I don't know that. He should have thrown the football away. He didn't. So it led to a big play by Michigan, by, by Will Johnson, 
put the ball on the five-yard line, seven points, turn the game around. It really did. Yeah, man. You know, you, you saw a huge momentum play. They did a really, really, really good job of of limiting the damage of number 18, Marvin Harrison Jr. And I say that, and the man had five receptions for 118 yards, fans, and a touchdown. But two, two of those, out of 118, two of those plays had to be probably six yards of it, mm-hmm. maybe more than that. And those plays didn't really hurt us. The one was right before the half, and they were backed up on their own three-yard line. They'd gotten field goal range, and Sharon Moore did a great job. The fourth and two, he waits the last minute to call a timeout. Remember, the kicker stroked it and went through. Come back out, he missed it. That was a great timeout, great coaching by Sharon to use his timeouts. But that big play on that particular two plays before that by 18, it paid no dividend. It came up empty, so it didn't hurt us at all. Yeah, they, they gave him a little – they kind of gave – I don't know if they they kind of confused the coverage or if there was a bust or if they just caught Michigan in a uh, – they just caught the right play against what Michigan had on a defensive call, but – what do you what do you say? Free releases, Vance? Well, what what happened in that particular play? He went to a stack, a tandem split. In other words, you got one receiver stacked behind the other. So instead of Will walking up and jamming eighteen, he stepped outside. So when he did that, what you know what eighteen had was a free release. Then he went right back outside. He was even with Will. Then he left him ball right there because the safety was getting threatened by the other receiver running a post pattern at him. He couldn't come up and help him out. So. Again, in that situation right there, if the first guy on the on the tandem split on the ball, you can walk up and press that guy because he's a vertical guy. If he goes shallow, the guy standing behind him is right in the face. So next time in coaching, I would tell Will, walk up. If he's on the ball, miss, hey, press him right now. Don't let him go vertical. He destroyed that play right there. Yeah, and so I, you know, watching this game, I felt like you had one coach who knows who they are knows what his players can do, what their limitations are. There's JJ clearly banged up. They didn't run him one time. He had the improv runs, Vance, and you can yeah. if you want to talk about the the offense, you can do that too. Uh but you know, really took advantage of the matchups on the inside with the tight ends, right? Did a great job with that. Jake made it a point to get JJ in rhythm, had great balance. And then the aggression. The aggression on fourth down. Right, so he was three for three on fourth down. You mentioned the timeout before the before the uh, the field goal attempt uh, at the end, and then the halfback pass. I mean, you you can point out some very key calls and key the wedge pass on fourth down that he caught. And I'm looking over at Ryan Day and Vance. I I mean, yeah, he he ran it some. They look like a tougher team, but I just it's all relative. I'm just looking at the it, – late in the game when Will goes out, when Will is out of the game, how they wouldn't throw it up to, to Byron Harrison Jr. every play? You couldn't. I don't know. You couldn't. Sam, they're still rolling up. They're still rolling up on him. He had no vertical releases. I mean, and to be honest, my man Little Mike did just as good a job as Will did because he has such great feet. He, he got in the way. So he's still either rolling to – uh, quarter, quarter, half, and a half to his side. Or they were doubling him. They took him out of the mix. They were over the three cloud. They didn't let him go vertical. I mean, so to me is that what they didn't do, Ohio State made no adjustments. I'm being honest with you. They made no adjustments to help out number 18. Okay, they went three by one. They the first time in the red zone, three by one and drive concept, the one that Barrett almost intercepted. I don't know if you remember Mm-hmm. And they come back the second time they, they get a touchdown, I think, in the third quarter. Same concept, a little different coverage. And they throw the same route and goes for a touchdown. In both those situations, Colts and the linebacker had to take number 18. The first time the quarterback went deep, Barry made a play. They come back in the third quarter, almost identical play. Colston didn't see him fast enough. 18 gets the ball for a touchdown. So they had some things. But he wasn't smart enough to go back to the things that were working. I'm just, I'm just being honest. And again, I work with Urban Meyer too. And Urban Meyer's philosophy was this: I'm going to be in three by one on first and second down. So the reason why I'm being three by one because you have to show your hand coverage wise. This cat here is in two by two. You could disguise to the birds come off. He helped us out. Urban had a philosophy which, as a defensive coach, he's right. 
You're in three by one, it gives you submission. And my man said, okay, he's going to do what he's going to do. He got beat again three times in a row. It's like you're going to Vegas and you're betting, just bet against Ryan Day. You got a chance to win. <laughs> hey, hey, let's say, let's say he, he got a, he got a hard four. He's going to throw seven. He's going to crap out. He can't help himself. He, he's too smart for his own good. Man, Vance, you would think, you would think, I was, I've been talking to you this whole time. You would think I kind of learned some things from Vance Bepper with my commentary. You would think, right? <laughs> I'm just saying this stuff sounds familiar to anybody who listened to me after the game. You heard a lot of this stuff. But anyway, yeah, adjustments, the, the ability to create matchups or if all of those fails, I mean, if you aren't, if you aren't able to free him up, and this is what was so amazing to me. You said they couldn't get him deep, man. There was no reason for him to be able to catch that ball when he got the free release. Yeah. So Will made a heads-up play. Will said, okay, this dude, I, I he's going – if I don't tackle him, he's going to catch a football maybe a touch. I got to tackle him right now. It, 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 yeah. And he caught the ball anyway, man. <laughs> With one hand, the man caught the ball anyway. So if it's me, I'm like, okay. He's covered, but he's not. This dude is unbelievable. Like, they've had some great receivers at Ohio State. Garrett Wilson, ball player. Chris Olave, outstanding. Jackson Smith and Jigba. They've had, but Chris Sammy, they've had dudes. I'm not hating on any of those guys, but this dude is different, Vance. If he had. Sam, I'm going to say this to you. Some of those other guys were faster. This guy is an excellent route runner, great body control, great hands. He's bigger. He can make the difficult catch. And the biggest thing is, can he run by you? In the NFL now, everybody can run. It's a whole different ball game. That's why certain guys, the transition from college to the NFL is different. But to me, remember, it's another play that he caught on Will. He was in the slot. Will was outside press. He, he beat Will Technique, made another great play. But to me, if, if I were Ryan Day, we said this last week getting ready for Ohio State game, 18 would have been in the slot the whole ball game. After the first quarter, I saw what they were doing to me. 18, you're in the slot for the rest of the ball game. Or I'm going to have a stack split where it looks like it's a slot. I'm not going to allow for them to roll up. I'm going to make sure the linebacker has to adjust to you or the nickelback. I'm getting Will Johnson off of me. If Will Johnson – comes in the slot, I know they're man-to-man, so I can go anywhere with the football because I got straight out man-to-man. So there's ways that as a coach, as an offensive coordinator, and a guy in the press box, we have in the press box, those are the adjustments they should have made in Sam. They never did. Sharon made adjustments to win the game. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day did not make adjustments. His only adjustment in the third quarter, he ran the football. Otherwise, Nat, he said, we're Ohio State. We're going to do what Ohio State does. And he lost another game because of it. Now, I read Maurice uh, Claret's article. Okay, talking about he needs, they need to get rid of the guy. Mm-hmm. But my question is, who are you going to hire? So you fire somebody, who are you going to hire to take a man's place? How many games? He's 56 and 7, whatever it is. Three losses of the missing. Who in the world are you going to hire to replace that guy? That's an idiotic comment. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. It's the dumbest comment I've ever seen. Unless you got somebody as good or better, then shit. Shut up. Ryan Day, keep doing what you're doing. One of these days, you'll find a way to win. Right now, it's just not this day. It's, it's you 0-3. And you, you, there's no way you can get to the, to the college football playoff this year. You got no way. So here, here's what I think. Far be it for me to speak up for a Buckeye advance. But I think what he's saying is, listen, we got, we got a Ferrari here. Anybody you put in a Ferrari is going to be able to beat a Focus or or a a, a well, well, give me another Ford car out there because you know Ford they are happy happy sponsor a oh, Ford Edge oh, yeah, they, yeah anybody you put in the steering wheel of the Ferrari is going to be able to beat those so he said man we could get anybody and we always going to get players we get anybody to come in here and beat Purdue. To beat Michigan State, hell, to beat James Franklin, we could be out, out talent those teams. 
But now that Michigan is about it, man, we need somebody who is not going to get outcoached by the backup coach. And I don't say that to disparage Sharon Moore because I think you know that I think the world of Sharon. I think Sharon is a star in the making. But the point is, Ryan Day is not supposed to get outcoached by Sharon Moore. And he got outcoached badly by Sharon Moore. I totally agree. But you know what some people can have a Ferrari? They hit the wrong gas pedal too fast. They crashed that Ferrari. <laughs> so you got to be careful who you put in that car seat. And all of a sudden, the bottom falls out. Remember, I was there in the 90s, and, and I was there for four years. We beat Ohio State three years now. And eventually, it got that guy fired. Right. So, just think, so be careful about who you – but, but then they got, they got fired. They went and got Jim Trestle. And Jim Trestle was like, and he, and he had great success, and they had to push him out because of some off-the-field issues. They got Herbert Meyer. Had to push him out because of what? Off-the-field off issues. Field. So, again, you had guys that had success, but off-the-field issues got them all. I think they'll live with that. <laughs> I think they'll live with the off-the-field. So, here's a better way to put it. Here's a better way to put it. See, Michigan has an identity. Okay, that Jim Harbaugh has set. And so Sharon, he came in and gave his little spin on it. But, you know, they are who they are. They are true to it. There's a blueprint. He follows it. Right now, Urban Meyer had a blueprint. Yes, he did. Right. Urban Meyer, say what you want about what he did off the field. I, I think the dude is a little bit, a little bit of a fugazi when it comes to being an analyst because he gives you. He gives you all kind of reckless stuff about Michigan, but let's set that aside. Let's also set aside he got to Florida, they had talent. He got to Utah, they had Alex Smith. He got to Ohio State. They had a boatload of NFL guys. But he coached all those teams better than the guy he took over for. So I'm going to give the man his credit. But so you know what he did, he, though? Sam, I work with Urban. He allowed his coaches to coach and he listened. He had, he had the game plan on offense. They're going to run the football. So everybody who was his offensive coordinator, everyone was sitting at meetings with those guys, but it was their spin on his offense. That's what he had success every place he's been. Now Ryan Day has put his spin, which is totally different from Urban. Last year, what did I say? What did I say about uh, my man Ryan Day? I say he'll finesse football coach, and we're gonna beat him because he's soft. Remember I said that last year, and why did we win? Because they were finesse football coach, and we physically took him out to the wheelchair and said, "Well, come out here." Until I tell you to. And that's what we did. Now, this year, he decided to be a little bit more physical. You know why? Because he didn't have a first-round pick of quarterback. So he had to find another way to win, which in essence made him a better coach. But at the end of the day, he just couldn't stick with that. Eventually, he had to go back and do what he always do. He had to go back and be soft. And when he did that, boy, party was on. We, hey, we got crunks is all I got to tell you. We had to crunk that thing up, baby. That's all I got to tell But this is, this is Maurice Claret's point. Like, okay, if you're going to come in and do it your way, it better work. That's true. It better work. Like, I mean, you hadn't been a head coach before you got this job. you right place, right time. You get the job. You come in. You hire these dudes. You fire everybody. And it's not working when the blueprint was there. It's like Kim Kardashian. She got the blueprint, Right. Chloe comes in. She says, I see what Kim did. I'm going to go get me a, a tape. I'm going to go get me an NBA player. I got the blueprint. I'm going to follow it just like Kim. And Chloe doing all right. She's not trying to reinvent the wheel. She's just trying to do what Kim did. And that's what they're telling old Ryan Day to do. Just do what Kim did, right? Just follow Urban's blueprint. That's all he's got to do. It's not his DNA. It's not necessarily, you can't do something that you're not. You just can't. It, it, I look at Charles Wilson. Charles Wilson, I still know it. I'm glad Will Johnson won his number. Don't get me wrong. That member should be retired. So I'm making my point for Charles Wilson, number two, to be retired. The only defensive player to win a Heisman Trophy. Period. Retire that football, that number. I never told anybody to go be like Charles Wilson. He's a different cat. I say, be who the best you can be. You know, you look at the guys that had Will Peterson started in the NFL for seven years at corner. James Whitley. Say, I know, don't be Charles Wilson. I don't want anybody to compare to that guy. He's a different he's a different creature. He's from Mars. That, that's where Wilson's from. Okay. So Ryan Day, you learn from those guys from Urban Meyer, but you can't be Urban Meyer. 
Put some of that in your DNA. Well, he didn't put any of it in his DNA. Yeah, I hear you. you. DNA for means don't know. That's what that means. <laughs> don't know. I'm sorry. That's uh, yeah. all that means. And that's, well, that's kind of my point. I mean, hey, man, Chloe ain't never going to be Kim. Ain't never going to be Kim. Right? Just take a take a few of what she does, few things that she does, and apply it yourself. Don't try to reinvent the whole thing. Like she didn't, like she's not successful. I mean, man, she went out there, she got it done. So if you're going to do it your way, and this is the problem, and not that I'm complaining about it, I love it. I love Ryan Day. I'm a Ryan Day fan. Can you tell how much of a Ryan Day fan I oh, am? I heard after the game, I'm a fan of you all. I'm a Ryan Day fan. I want Ryan Day to stay in Columbus forever. But if I will be honest about it, what I see going on, I see a dude that's getting out coached, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. I, I mean, I think Sharon Moore coached circles around the dude, right? And, and when it got in the fourth quarter, when it's winning time, when it's winning time, and you got to make the moves, you got to make the calls to get things together, he couldn't dial up what he needed to dial up to get his team across the finish line when they had every advantage coming in this game. And other than they were on the road. You know what? Another advantage, another advantage we had, our special teams were better than his. That punter we had, same. That punter and the field goal kicker, we don't talk about those guys enough. You're right. That was a huge difference in the game. Just think, he put the ball down to the two and three yard line a couple of times. Your field goal coming in there and stroke it like there's nothing, no pressure at all. I mean, the difference in the game also, our special teams better than their special team. It gave us an upper hand. It really did. Yeah, man. Yeah, they you know, they go what, one for two? Two, yes. Uh, and field goals, Michigan goes three for three. That's huge. Difference in the game. Punter, huge. Went out there and got it done, man. So got to give them a ton of credit. Folks, if you have questions for Vance, put them in the chat. I'll put the prompt in there right now. If you have questions for Coach Beffert, get them in now. We got uh, We got some all Big Ten uh, members, I don't know if you saw the news, Vance, that, um, you know, one Mr. Will Johnson went out there and is getting some respect. Mason Graham, Will Johnson, and Mike St. Restle all made all Big Ten first-team defense. What about that, Vance? Mason Graham, Mikey St. Restle, your man, Lil Mike, and Will Johnson. I'm not surprised. You should have more than that. What about, what about my man Barrett? Let me see. I think he – let me get the full list for you, Vance, as we sitting here live. All right. So as I pull up the, the list as we speak, uh, you got second-team honors for Junior Colson and Chris Jenkins. Mike Barrett and Rob Moore were third-team uh, on the coaches, and they were both honorable mention for the media. Okay. I don't know what they what they be saying. I saw something totally different. Who voted for that thing again? The media or the coaches? The, yeah, the coaches gave him thirteen. Gave Mike Barrett thirteen. The media gave him honorable mention. Well, I tell you what, that's why I don't coach because I call them what I want to. They dumbass rocks. That's all I got to say. Yeah, they voted that thing. Wow. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hey, they they not one of those things where you know the. I think some of this, some of this is reputation coming into the season. I think some guys start with a little bit of a little bit more of a platform and then, you know, they they play from that pedestal. Whereas Mike Barrett, I don't know how much people were talking about uh, Mike before the season, but they certainly should have been. And I think he had an all Big Ten caliber year for sure. Coaches should know better. Media, they don't know, but coaches, they see all the video. They should have a better feeling, a better answer for anybody that played defense as well as Michigan's played defense this year. They should have at least four, maybe five guys on first team. You know, on second team, same thing. So something's missing with that vote as far as must be some resentment by other coaches towards Michigan to vote those kids out. That's all I got to say about that. Well, we, you know what? We're going to find out what the college football world, how, how resentful they are with this Broyles Award. Because there's some, there's some worthy coaches. I think Phil Parker – I think Phil Parker's a terrific coach. He really is. I think he's a terrific, terrific coach. If I'm Phil Parker, if they don't get 
whatever happens with Kirk Ferentz, like if, if Iowa isn't telling Phil Parker, you're the next guy, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Because you can't tell me Phil Parker hasn't had opportunities so they, to go elsewhere with how well that man coaches, right? Yeah. As much respect as I have for the job that he's done at Iowa, and as tough as I think his defense is still going to be, even without Cooper DeGene over there, you can't tell me he's done a better job than Sharon Moore, Vance. Sharon offensive, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, and head football coach. He was wearing three hats. Parker's only wearing one hat. To me, it's not close. It really isn't. I mean, but again, I'm not both. Sharon Moore for a guy to, to go into Penn State, to go into Maryland. I mean, think about that. So he has to wear all those hats. So he's not just an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. He's the head coach. He's got to oversee special teams. He's got to see fourth down situations. He has to do all those types of things. To me, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, like I said, we're going to find out. Like uh, Tyler W. said, prepare for Sharon to be snubbed. I mean. No, 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 no. no. I'm not buying it. You think they're going to give it to him? You have to. I mean, well, you know, I keep talking about common sense, not common. So there are a lot of things out there. So you know what? Anything is possible. I wouldn't be surprised. But he should get it. The Parker yeah, has done a great job at Iowa. You're right about that. He's done a great job. Yeah, I want to have you talk about his defense here in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll get to the questions. Before we do that, though, folks, I got to let you know that if you are looking for a way to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship, I got a way. I got a way for you. See, Devin Gardner, he's he's become a bit of a high-maintenance dude. I don't know if y'all know that about DG. A little bit of a high-maintenance dude, right? You got to have his – he got a rider. Like, he comes in, you got to have his drinks ready. They got to be lined up in a certain row. I mean, that's just how it is, you know. Got to have a certain temperature. It can't, it can't be – it can't be 75. It can't be 77. It got to be 76 on the dot for DG, right? That's that's just how it is. So he didn't want to drive to Indianapolis. That's cool. He said, hey, I'm just going to get a bus to take me. And I'm not going to get any bus to take me. I'm going to get the Golden Limo bus to take me. Golden Limo said, okay, we'll, we'll drive you down there. That's not a problem, right? Just like we drive the Michigan football team. Wherever they need to go in our luxury motor coaches. But Devin, we can't give you the bus all to yourself. I mean, we gotta put other people on the bus. Will you let us put other people on the bus? And Devin said, okay, we can put other people on the bus. And there it was born. The Devin Gardner Big Ten Championship Bus Tour. Gonna be leaving the Ann Arbor area Saturday morning, going down to Indianapolis, noon arrival or thereabouts. Gives you plenty of time to take in all of the festivities in downtown Indianapolis leading up to the game, up to and including our pregame show, pre-game show at the Slippery Noodle from 4 until 7. The Key Bank countdown to kickoff. We're going to have a great time. If you've ever been to our pregame show, you know how we do it. If you Certainly, if you've been to the Slippery Noodle the last couple of years, you know it's been live at 5, as Vance would say. So, I mean, Michigan fans everywhere. We take over. The whole bar is the most famous bar in Indianapolis, and we take the whole place over. The line is around the corner starting about an hour away from, from uh, before game time. So fantastic opportunity there and other places to go downtown Indy. Plenty of time to enjoy that. You go to the game. After the game, you get back on the bus. You come right back. And going down to coming back, you got DG right there coaching you up. He said, man, I'm going gre- to bring a grease board. I'm going to be teaching people football. I'm going to be talking about quarterback play the whole way. People want to know, yeah, you got some questions for me? I answer the questions. You want to take pictures with me? I'll take the pictures. You want autographs? I'll sign the autographs. You want me to break down the, the different quarterbacks across the, across the college football? I'll do that too. Whatever you want DG to do on the way and on the way back, he, he has you covered. And you're going to do it in luxury with our friends at Golden Limo. So if you want to get on the bus with Golden Limo and Devin Gardner, go to goldenlimo.com. Now, there are only 35 spots on his bus, all right? There is another bus. They're going to be taking two. There's another bus that I, DG obviously can't ride both. So the other bus is going to be a little cheaper to get on because DG isn't on it, but it's going the same place at the same time. 
get you there in the same kind of luxury. You just don't have DG on that bus. So giving you options, one with DG, one that has a, you know, a more affordable price, however you want to get it, go to goldenlimo.com right now and get on the bus. Not a train this time, Vance. Hey, just, just don't tell them, don't wear his coming to America outfit. Tell me that at home. <laughs> hey, we're not, hey, we're not coming to America. Let that go. Vance, he can't help himself, man. Oh, my goodness. He can't help himself, Vance. You got to understand. The man, if it's not 76 degrees, he has a problem. So this is what you got to know about him. We got some one person in here said they already bought uh, a ticket on the on the Devin Gardner bus. So you can do so as well. Here it is. Sean Stewart said, just bought my golden limo ticket. Sam, so Sean, oh, boy, uh, you're going to have a great time with DG. And your fellow Michigan fans, it's going to be a party. Might as well call it a party bus, amazing blue party bus. I'm going to throw the link in here for people who want to uh, go right here from the right here from this website um, uh, or from the chat. You can click on the link and go ahead and get your bus ticket right now. And I'm throwing it in there as we speak. And then I also put it in the comment section for you. So you can uh, so you can get it there as well. So there it is for those of you in the chat. I'll put it in the comments and the description. Uh, in the meantime, and that's the uh, goldenlimo.com is the website. All right. For the bus tour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now let's start getting to the questions for Vance. So Vance, there was a holding call. This one is from Money is Silver. He says, was the holding call on Mason Graham a bad call or just complete nonsense? That was indicative. You know, you look at the early, uh, you know, series, early drives for Ohio State. It seemed like they were helped by penalties, by costly penalties to Michigan. Some of them were on that particular play. He reached out and grabbed the guy because Mason got up and thought it was holding against them. He did. But as he was going down, he reached out. So I don't think the official saw the whole picture. He saw him reaching out, flag came out. I mean, so it's, it's a subjective call, and it just went against us at that particular time. I've seen those sometimes, but rarely do you see that call against a defensive lineman, but it, it does happen every blue moon. All right. So here's a question from Michael Kirkland. He said, Vance, the – Marvin Harrison Jr. touchdown was the third TD we given up on that same crossing play. Let me know if I'm wrong. Thanks, fans. It wasn't that particular play, but I talked about this earlier. I think it was in the second quarter. It had the same play in that particular time. Barrett made the play on the tight end. They came back in the third quarter on a long drive and ran the same play. Colson, on the previous play, was in position. This time, Colson didn't see it. was the same identical formation. Colson didn't see it. He got beat by 18 going across. Touchdown. So they ran that play a couple of times, and they scored on the second time they ran. All right. Let's go back to the questions for Vance. All right. This one for Ty- from Tyler W. says, hey, Vance, how do we bottle up Trevion when he's been getting loose these past few weeks? When he tried to bounce it outside, we had linebackers in position, a secondary in position to make the play. And there were very few open gaps inside. So we did a great job of just cupping him, containing him, eliminating the big play. His biggest play probably came on a check down. Check down over the middle. But again, against Notre Dame, that went for like 60 yards. Against us, it went for 10. So we did a great job of keeping him inside and front. 
And the thing we've been talking about all season long, great pursuit by the overall defense. That's how you eliminate a lot of those plays. All right. Let's go back to the questions for Vance. Uh, people want to know, a few different people want to know what happened on that holding call with uh, with Mason Graham. You already addressed that one. Uh, Mark T wants to know, Vance, do you think Herbs choreographed that second half drive where they had a 12-play drive, last eight plays were runs, they went 75 yards and heavy runs, Herbs was hinting at something, and I think they purposefully cre- created it for the second half. Do you think there's something to that? No, that, that's a major violation. You know, Ohio State, they don't have violations. Urban Meyer doesn't believe in cheating that way. So, nah, I can't buy that. I, I just think they finally realized that the box was light. In other words, we were trying to take away 18. So the run game was there because they were short in the box. And Urban's not doing something like that. I, I know that for a fact. I work for Urban. He, he won't do anything like that. <laughs> All right. I'm sure you guys can pick up on the sarcasm. Well, Let's go ahead. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that way. Look at that, Sam. Sam, I, I wouldn't be that one. <laughs> Come on, man. You know that dude, he helped. And that's the only one so you can get it from. All right. Christopher Roberts wants to know, Coach Vance, can we handle the Hawkeye offense if Will Johnson is out? Vance, I oh, think man. it's hey, going to be question. tough because they're going to come in 22 personnel like they did last year and try to throw a corner route with a tight end in the flat. So, just think about this. Nebraska should have had these guys beat. Yeah. And we know Nebraska, they've gotten better since we played them. But the quarterback throws the interception with a minute to go in the game to give these people a chance to kick a field goal. We're going to win the game. Now, it might be closer than what people expect because Phil Parker, they play great defense there. So we have to earn everything we're going to get. We, have, we need some takeaways in this ball game. We get up early by 14 points, the game going to be over early. But if we let it stay close, it could be a foul. But no, we, we're fine with our will. We, we all, put put Mikey back at corner. We're in good shape. 18 comes with a nickel back. They don't run a lot of 11 personnel. They're going to see how physical we are. They're going to get in 22 and 12 personnel, try to knock us off the football. Yeah, blank name said, same risk of laying out. Trevion Henderson was my favorite player of the game. Jay Marion said, Vance, your reaction when little Mike, and laid out. And then, uh, of course, you, you had uh, Will Johnson. You had a couple hits, but the little mic hit on Trevion Henderson. What was your reaction to that one? Man, I was jumping up and down. I was saying, no, nah, Mike, let him catch the football because the clock's going to run <laughs> But I was concerned that he might get a flag on that play because he was close to leaving his feet. But he hit him with his shoulder pad in the chest. So that was a, that was a big time hit. But it was another big hit by little Mike. They gave a tackle of somebody else's run. He came up there at all 185 pounds soaking wet, and he crushed the guy. I I put this on Twitter. Mikey is my defensive MVP for Michigan this season. All he's done, how he has played, and a lot of guys have played outstanding football. They really have. But little Mike, he has had a tremendous season. If he doesn't get it, I I don't know where else to get it. No, you're absolutely right. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I misspoke not. Will Johnson, but the hit that Quentin Johnson made, that was yeah. a beautiful hit and it wasn't targeted. I, you know, you wonder when a guy is squaring a dude up that was like that. Yeah. yeah, he's squaring a dude up like that to get a clean hit and to, to make it not be a defensive player hit at the same time. I mean, they, they make it hard on DBs, man. They, they, they do, but you know what? I don't give the coaches credit for that because you have to teach guys how to tackle in those particular situations. Some guys, they, they never get it. So our defensive players are very disciplined kids. They stay away from the head. They don't leave their feet, and they run through guys. So most of the time, the officials won't call it. If you leave leave your feet and lower your head, it's automatic call. So in both those situations, neither guy lowered their head, neither guy left his feet. They ran through guys. Therefore, no call. Great job, great coaching, and they took it to the field. You sort of touched on this next question, but I like getting questions from Nolly and ask such great questions all the time. So I want to reward that. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I want to reward that. The um, drive, the 12-play drive, 75 yards, last eight plays, runs. What happened on that drive, Vance, where Ohio State was able to run it straight down our throat? I was shocked to see Ohio State drive that way. And did our defense adjust after that, or did Ohio State just go away from it? 
Ohio State went away from it. And that particular drive, they were in 12 personnel. You saw some FSL. They ran a bunch of plays into the boundary. And our defensive line not used to have an eight, nine play drive. So they got a little bit tired t- towards the end. So they had two runs, one, one, one for about 10 yards right up the middle. The next play went for a touchdown because I think we had a stun on and somebody went the wrong gap. Nobody was there. But at the end of the day, we just got tired. They were an FSL. They just started pounding. And we just got tired. And that's just as simple as that. And he never went back to it. They got behind, so he never went back to it. So I'm curious, and you kind of touched on this question last week. This is uh, to just talk coaching philosophy, not to single a player out. There were, there was the the drive there early where they attacked number 30, Jimmy, Jimmy Rolder. He uh, he missed the tackle. I believe it was on Trevion. It might have been on – I can't remember who it was. Missed the tackle. And then they attacked him uh, down the scene, right? And the, the, after that play, after the second play, they put Mike Barrett back in. And there were all kind of people said, why was Mike Barrett out the game? And I'm thinking – well, my man, does he have to get a breather? He got to get a breather sometimes. I mean, how did you handle substitutions in the front seven, Vance? You said you didn't sub your DBs. They struggled, no, didn't it? But they don't either. But but again, D-line, if you can, if you have enough talent with a drop-off is not very much, rotate in there. For a linebacker like Barrett or guys who've been a little nicked up and try to get guys in, but on that particular play, talking about a deep pass play, do you know we had lightning on? We had run lightning three times prior to that. That was a check. They checked to that play. They started on the sideline with shoulder hand, went tight and vertical. That kid, did it. he did a great job. It was a good throw, good catch. He was in a tough position because the corner to that side technically is a half-field guy. So you put a linebacker in that situation, imagine putting the linebacker on Loveland. You know, I'm a fan of Loveland. You already know that. Loveland going to win that battle nine out of ten times. Well, I said going to that game and tight end was pretty good. I said that. And that particular player just showed up that way. All right. Let's go back to the questions for Vance. Uh, Van, this one comes from Lamont D. Chandler. Vance, um, basically, it's, he wants to- It's realistic. First of all, that's not overlook Iowa. Don't do that. That would be a big mistake. I think a lot of fans think we're going to go into this game we're going to beat them 35-7. to seven. That's not going to happen because they play too good a defense. And they play ball control and offense. But we are going to be out, out with probably about 17 points. It's going to be close to what you think. The biggest thing is who do you get in the first round, okay? I think your boy Ron English at Louisville might be Florida State. I think so, too. Yeah, absolutely. Man, he don't have a quarterback. Yeah, he's going to be And I left it. Don't be surprised if Bama somehow finds a way to beat Georgia. Bama should have lost to Auburn. How you rush one guy? Auburn rushed one guy. Not two. They rushed one guy. I'm not blaming a defensive back. How the heck you rush one guy? That's idiotic. That's a whole different story. Don't get, don't get me started. <laughs> the, the thing about it is somehow if Alabama beats Georgia, okay, it's a good chance Alabama and Georgia both in the college football playoffs. Everybody talking about Texas. Well, people want to look at here's a team who beats the number one team in the country. So, therefore, they jumping everybody, no matter whether Texas beat them in Tuscaloosa or not. So, you got to be careful of that. And I think Oregon is going to beat uh, Washington. And this is why. And I think this is Ryan Day. Ryan Day saw it the first time Oregon played uh, played Washington. He went for it several times on fourth down, didn't get it. It cost him the game to gun. He goes for it on fourth and four, though, not fourth and one. And didn't get it. Okay, so to me, that was very smart. He made comments after the game. I believe that game. Yeah, he did. They should have beaten Washington. Then you look at the guy at San Diego State, the San Diego, the head coach with the uh, Chargers. He does the most idiotic things you can ever do. He goes on four for four down on his own 30-yard line. So I'm going back to Ryan Day. Ryan Day probably saw those things. So he played conservative not to lose, and he lost. Sharon Moore looked at those things. So these guys are dumb. It's fourth and four. I'm not going for it on fourth and four. But it's fourth and one. It's fourth and a foot. I believe in my offensive line and my back. So at the end of the day, who we play in the first round is key. We hadn't seen an offense like Auburn. They up to, and they really up tempo. They don't mess around, and they got an athletic quarterback. Okay? Alabama is not the Alabama of two and three years ago. They don't have a first-round pick, a wide receiver. Quarterback really good. We got to contain that cat. 
And Georgia is not the Georgia last year either. So I think our chances are pretty good because you know what I'm saying? I'm counting on seeing you in Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. I already, I already bought my ticket. I leave here on the 4th, so I get there in the middle of the week. So, brother, we can go hang out. Oh, come on, we man. party. See, that's why I said we're going to win because I got to see Sam live at 5 and 8. Listen, listen. Hey, book this. Like, y'all, I already told y'all, book the uh, get on Devin Gardner's bus. But let me let y'all know something. If Michigan is in the national championship in Houston, we having a party. All right? Just understand. The best time I've had covering Michigan was the basketball run in 2013. Man, when I say we had so much fun. If I, uh, when I say we had so much, oh, my God. I, I mean, all the stuff we <laughs> – and one of the most fun things we did was we, we went and took over a bar downtown Atlanta. All these Michigan people, all these listeners to the show, subscribers to the site. Uh, it was unbelievable. And it mean we went, hey, we went and boxed all the Louisville people out. It was unbelievable. We are going to recreate that experience in Houston. I got I'll be all right kind of, Hey man, I got all kind of H-Town people saying, Sam, if you come, it's hey, I got you. Sam, if you come, I got you. And if they got me, then they got we. It's gonna be all of us. All right, just so y'all know. It's going to be old if it's in Houston, just so you know. So get ready to party, y'all. Hope to see y'all down there. Hope to see you in Indy, too, by the way. Uh, Vance, want to get back to the questions. And this one is interesting. Rosemary Hayes. Hi, Rosemary. How you doing? Said Vance, do you think the Wolverines is just as good or better than the 1997 championship team? Now, pause for a second, Vance, because a guy you know, a guy you talk Charles, to. Charles Wilson. Oh, no, 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 not that guy. No, another guy you know, guy that you talk to, talks to Singletary a lot. I'm yeah. I'm speaking in vague terms because I haven't asked him if I could use his name in a quote. It's not controversial, but for to say that this team is better than the ninety seven team, well, you probably gonna have a lot of ninety seven dudes who be like, Hey man, what you talking about? Right? Well, he was on the ninety seven team though. He was on the ninety seven team and he said he absolutely thinks this is the best Michigan team that he's seen. And I'm going to read to you why as I pull up his, his text. Are you talking to him about it? <laughs> <Lord, I> will. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, I won't tell nobody else, uh, but I'll tell you, Vance. But he said, uh, he said, in my opinion, this is the best football team in Michigan's history. Despite immense pressure and distractions, they remained steadfast and overcame adversity, which is beyond impressive and deserves acknowledgement. He thinks this is the best. And he was on the 97 team. And he played with Charles Woodson, who is the best football player I've ever seen with my two eyes. And so, but he said this team, with everything they had to overcome, he thinks this is the best Michigan team he's seen. What say you, Vance? From that standpoint, he made some valid points, but I'll put it to you like this. There were, I believe, three first-rounders in the offensive line and two second-rounders in the offensive line. Anthony Thomas, second-round pick. David Terrell, first-round pick. Brian Greasy, third-round pick. Tom Brady, backup. On defense, you had two linebackers. Yohani Jones and Ann Gold, about nine years in the league. Glenn Steele, about nine years in the league. That's starters, not just, just guys. William Peterson, seven-year starter for the New York Giants. Talent-wise, that team was probably more talented. But from what Singletary just said, I give my props. He put some things on point. But talent-wise, they don't have a talent at 97. Let me be clear. It, was, it wasn't Singletary. I said it was Singletary's man, Singletary's boy. So James Hall. I didn't say that. I didn't say hey, that, I man. Two weeks ago, both of the cast called me, and we were talking for 40 minutes. And, I I forgot, say that, hey, and James Hall was a free agent who's played about seven years in the league. So, you know, hey, you got to understand. I don't know who Singletary <laughs> run with. So, I know so, hey, you know, I called James Hall. I nicknamed him weird. Initially, I called him Tennessee. You know, I call him Tennessee. He always wore, wore arms. So his nickname was Tennessee, Tennessee. 
I mean, so I don't know. So the points he made, he made valid points about the mental toughness that they had. That team in Michigan knew how to finish things. So now, to make that statement, if they finish this thing, I said they even, but I can't say they were better. I said they're just as good. But, you know, it's hard for me because I, I was there with them cats. I'm going to say somebody better than me. Really? I'm in bed. What a kind, brother. What a kind. Hey, hey, Sam, hold on, Sam. <laughs> what, what's, what's that, Sam? You see the glitter? Now they get one of them. Okay, do one of them, Sam. Do one of them. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. All right, let's get, back, let's get back to the questions. Thank you for the question, Rosemary. Uh, Jeff Rook wants to know when was the last time a player lived up to the recruiting hype the way Will Johnson has? That is legit. He's a special player worthy of the new number two jersey. And but you say no players worthy of the number two two jersey. Hey, I, I, again, I I, that's my guy. Okay. Will Johnson go win the Heisman Trophy? Okay, just wear that number. But and I know they they put away so many jerseys. I really don't care. My man won the Heisman Trophy. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. But Will Johnson has lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Will Johnson is a dude. When he walks around, he moves like Charles Woods. I watch him, man. He just like Woods like that. I mean, so he does some amazing things. I am highly impressed. They do a great job coaching, and to me. He takes coaching to the field. I watch the things that he does, his technique, his fundamentals, all of those things. I'm very impressed with how he handles himself and the things he does. So, yes, he's deserving, but I'm just I'm just prejudiced from a man number two. Mm-hmm. There's only one number two. That, that number two should never be walking on that football field. I'm sorry. All right. Let's go back to the questions. Uh, this one. Let's Toast Media says, Vance, do we have a national championship defense to beat Georgia? Not a doubt in my mind. Of course we do. We, we're different this year. And the thing that my man Tennessee Hall said, the mental toughness that we have right now, this is a different football team. The whole approach is different than when we were a year ago. We understand now what we have to do to stay focused, no distractions, and what we have to do, take nobody for granted, Oh, yeah, our defense is ready to play this year. And I want, I'll tell you what, so on that two-minute drive, the moment we get intercepted, I'm texting, getting low, please get low. I know, they could, I know they couldn't block it. And we got pressure on an interception. We got great pressure. I mean, so, again, the schemes that we have this year, we have even more things this season defensively. Like I said, we got more bullets in the gun this year than we had last year. Mm-hmm. All right, I agree. I agree. This team is – I think the – personally, I think the biggest difference in the team is J.J. You know, J.J. was not 100%, and, man, he he just made plays, man. But remember I told you, I said, if J.J. plays well, we're going to win the ball game. Mm-hmm. And he played well. We won the ball game. And what I like, like, if someone asks a question, I'll, I'll get to it. Let me go ahead and skip to it real quick. Uh, it was talking about the month off after the Big Ten championship game. Rob Smith said, I hate the month off. Said Vance, what did you do as a coach to keep your guys ready for a bowl game? You know why I love the month off? Because it gives you a chance to get your play, get players like JJ. Hell, anybody who got bumps and bruises gives you a chance to heal them up and get them ready for prime time. Right? I mean, I give me that over playing right away. Pray you coach though. I'm curious. I do want to hear. We're on the road recruiting, Sam. We're on the road recruiting the strength coach has. We're getting them healthy. We keep them in condition. At the same time, they're getting ready for finals. So they got to have time for that also. And with, with Lord, with a lot of times, we would go down early. Like if you went to the Rose Bowl, we went down a week and a half early. We went through two days. So we got them back in the football mode because you're recruiting. You're on the road. You've got to replace the next guy. The old adage is going to college, you know what the college call it? College school, school of passing through. It used to be four years. Now it's three years. It's a school of passing through. A good player, he there for three years. He done passed through, get another one. So you got to find another Will Johnson. You got to find another Mike Barrett, a Colston, a Mike. You got to find another one of those guys. So you're on the road. So the strength coach and the trainer, they're doing conditioning. Uh, they're getting the guys healthy again. They're in the room. They're watching video of the opponent, stuff that like that. All right. Let's go back to the questions for Vance Beffer. Let's move back up. 
this one goes to, let's see. <laughs> Mark T says, Ryan Day equals James Franklin with better talent. You agree with well, that you, analogy? You guys on Ryan Day, so I'm <laughs> No, James Franklin not in the same category as Ryan Day. Ryan Day's a better coach, but you got different credit for I mean, it, let's go back to last year. People going to really get mad when I made this comment. He was a field goal away from winning a national championship guy. Now, he, he wasn't fit to beat Michigan. But his offense was fit to beat Georgia because of how Georgia plays. Think about what he did. They went up and down the field on Georgia. Field goal away because they'd have beaten the breaks off of TCE. His field goal away from winning it all, guys. So he had an offense built not to win the Big Ten, but to win a national championship. But he didn't realize that to go through Michigan. Had to go play in November in cold, windy, or wet weather against a Michigan food a team that's going to punch him in the mouth. When you go to the playoffs, you're in a warm weather place. His offense is built for warm weather. So he didn't build, it, build his team the right way when the big team first to go to the next level. So now Ryan Day, James Franklin, it's not close. All right. Keep it rolling. <laughs> Petey Max said Ryan Day equals Chad Cooper. Ooh, pretty close. Pretty doggone close. That's why I keep him there. Just keep him there. He, he He'll figure it out when they push him out the door. Then it's too little, too late. So Jay Marion wants to know, do y'all think Ryan Day is hoping for an NFL college team gets him out of Columbus? So I do. I don't know NFL. Are you kidding me? Texas a is, is for Ryan Day in the NFL? Man, give me a break. That's where he, he came he, from. He's a college coach. He's right where he He's a college coach. He's not going anywhere. Okay. And it's not another college job open. I mean, I'm still surprised that the guy from Oregon State went to uh, Michigan State, but I just heard he was only making $2 million, so he's probably going to make about five there. I mean, but Michigan State going to always be a little broke. $2 million at Oregon State? I think $2 million, 2. 5. Really? That's why he left. It's about money. Right. Think about it. Nick Saban left Michigan State for one reason. Why? He was always going to be a little brother. Don't kid yourself. So my man coming to Michigan State, he's going to be a little, little brother again. It's not going to ever change. It's like, hey, man, hey, boy, don't wear my shoes. You got my shoes up? Boy, I told you not to wear my shoes. <laughs> it's not going to change. Uh, Blue-eyed bandit. Uh, hey, man, I'm an Eric Sermon fan. Uh, not to look ahead. Said, well, it's green-eyed bandit with, with Eric Sermon, but still. Uh, not to look ahead. Michigan and Oregon matchup in the Rose Bowl would be spectacular. How do you think that one will go? That's a tough matchup for us. Because of, remember the small problems we had with up-tempo against uh, Maryland, against even versus Ohio State and a lot from up-tempo. Guess what Oregon does almost every snap? That's not necessarily a matchup I want to see. That's going to be major adjustments because they go fast. And they have an athletic quarterback. When they run RPO, the quarterback's a runner. It's not, it's not like Ohio State guy who, who really is flagging pass. It's, it's a tough matchup for him. Now, we get him a third down, it's, it's a different thing. I know the OC there is Will Stein. He was a player for us at Louisville, became a GA. When we went to Texas, he was a GA for us. So he's an aggressive play caller. That's not the matchup I want to see, but can we beat them? Yes, we can. That's not the matchup I want to see. Yeah, Adam Shepherdson said TCU last year. You think you see any similarities? No. It's a whole different defense. Last year, defensively, you, we, we broke that down last year. And I said two things will happen. Don't run the A and B gap. Remember I said that last year, Sam? What gap we kept trying to run in the whole ball game? Yeah. And guess what happened to us? And then we on the hash, on an outcut to the guy who won the Jim Thorpe Award. To me, we went into that game. This is my opinion after the game. We didn't show TCU a lot of respect because they come from the Big 12. And because of that, we lost that ball game. Now, they had played nine other times. Michigan would have beaten them nine times. But you don't get those overs that way. Oregon's a lot better football team. They're bigger. They're more physical. The offensive line is about 310. They're athletic. They got a quarterback that's athletic. And the up-tempo thing makes me nervous. All right. Back to the questions. Got time for a few more here. Rory Calhoun says, hi, Sam. Congrats on a great show. Thank you for that, Rory. I hate to look ahead, but when we play an SEC team, the past Michigan teams got out-schemed by Georgia. 
I think they got out talented by Georgia. Thank not you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> we bite on the run and they throw the pass touchdown before you know it. They're up 14 and 21 points. You need to go back. Listen, man. No, we didn't. You know what happened again? They went empty. People don't forgot that. Georgia came out, went empty, bunch of three-step drop. They kept cutting our defensive linemen, throwing the ball out quick. They moved the ball right down the field. They went at supposedly our strength. They took full advantage of it because we hadn't seen that. Listen, no, we didn't get beat on practice and pass. We got beat on empty. Hey, man, they hit, they did hit them with a whole lot of RPOs. Everything was quick. But that, that, that's, again, guess what Oregon runs? Mm-hmm. That's about why I'm concerned. Yeah. All right. And so this kind of piggybacks off that question. It says, what potential playoff team poses the biggest threat? And also, should we rest Will Johnson for the Big Ten Championship to get him healthy? Those, Jerry Welch, those are two great questions. So of all the playoff teams out there, potential playoff teams out there, who do you think poses the start there? Who? Oregon has to win it first, okay? But if, if Washington beat Oregon, well, you're going to sit the quarterback on throw the ball 45 times a game. Oregon will run it more. Oregon has a better defense. Washington's defense is not very good. Our offense, we, we, our offense is scoring Washington's defense. Oregon has a better defense. If Florida State somehow gets in, they beat Louisville and they get in, they don't have a quarterback. I don't see them being a threat. They play good defense. They got great wide receivers. They lost their quarterback. So I don't see them as a threat. Georgia is still play good defense, good offense. Their best player is back 85%. Bowers a tight end. Okay, the quarterback's playing better. We fit up perfectly with them. They're a lot like a Big Ten football team. They do some RPOs. Don't get me wrong, but they play more ball like us. But Oregon is probably the toughest matchup. And my biggest thing is this. If Will Johnson is 80%, he's playing. Because you don't have a month off. You got a month off to get ready for the next game, so he has time to get healthy. My thing is, if he's healthy enough to go out there and play, put him out there. If he's not healthy enough, then don't play him. But resting people, you you arrest your people, end up not going anywhere. You'd be going home like everybody else to, to a mediocre bowl. But less than 80% you rest him. If, he, if he's less than 80%, he can hurt us, he's on the sideline. Tyler W said, with Sam be at the Rose Bowl, man, of course, man, wait, man, Tyler, I think you've been around for a minute, man. I think you know me. Will I be there? Come on, man. Come on, bro. If they're in Houston, if you come to Houston, I will be there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Vance, uh, most surprising to you, the way the secondary shut down Ohio State's receivers, the kicking and special teams flawless play, or three that Ryan Day got out coach. What surprised you the most? That's from Lama Bryant. Ryan Day got out coach. How in the world would a veteran coach get out coach? As you saw my Twitter, you, you use my term in your show, substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> he got beat by a substitute teacher and he a professor? Really? Really? Because that affects your special teams, your play calling, and everything else. Because as the off head coach, offensive coordinator, he didn't move 18 around enough to get open. That's 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 a lack of coach. He got flat out coach. Just that simple. Folks, listen, Big Ten Championship. Just give me your give me your take, your winner and your score of this game. What you think the keys to this game against this matchup with Iowa will be, Vance, and we will call it a day. Uh, for our defense, we need to get a couple take up takeaways. Be alert for trick plays. They're going to come up in 22 personnel to play action pass you just to be smart. We do what we're supposed to do on defense. We're holding to nine points. Offense, when you get a chance, take your shots, take your shots. They're going to blitz us. They zero blitz. They either quarter, 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 half. They, play, they match up. So we got a motion, get some tandem splits so we can get guys open. They don't have an answer for Lovell. Lovell's my guy. They don't have an answer for him. He's the guy that can have another big game for us. We should win this game probably 31 to 9, in my opinion. But we cannot turn the ball over to give them hope. They should be hopeless the whole ball game because we're not turning the football over. 31 to 9. My Harvey ball. Norwood stuck one in. He said, Vance, how do you think we would match up with Texas Ooh. in midseason? Oregon and Texas are two teams I didn't want to play. I know one thing don't run duo versus Texas. You run duo, you're going to go home. My man in there, 360 pounds. You can't knock him off the ball. 
So stay away from those guys. Get on the edge. He's going to play against Texas. Against, and then throw the football in their secondary. They secondary I got. I'm a DB coach. I played at Texas, and we had a bunch of ballers come out of there. I got question marks about the secondary. They got a great linebacker. He went my number, number 41 forward. See, 41 is a good number. That was my number. Finally got a guy who lived up to who I was in college, okay? But Oregon is probably, again, I'm going back to up-tempo spread. That's probably our toughest matchup is Oregon because I also play good defense. But the head coach is a risk taker. A risk taker against Michigan, you beat them every single time. Mm-hmm. Lamont wants me to ask about how do we replace Mikey next year? I think we're kind of seeing who the early candidate is, number 18. Yes, you do. You, you do. I think you're starting to see that. Let's go back to when Mikey first started playing back there. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Because the year before, our guy was a second-round pick. i like, you know, they got a receiver playing, nickel back. You know, he doesn't look like he's very instinctive. He got better and better. He's ball game. Well, when you're at Michigan, Malloy Carr, going back to Bosch and Buck, used to say, it's about the people who wore the number and position before you. The expectation is for the position. Therefore, Michael will be missed, but the next guy and the guys around him will step up to replace Michael. Folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. I want to remind you, listen, if you need a way down to Indy and you want to have a party on the way down and the way back, you can get on a Devin Gardner bus trip. Championship. Head on down there with our friends from Golden Limo. Get the details at goldenlimo.com. He's going to be doing chalk talks or grease board talks, signing autographs, answering questions, full access to DG on his luxury motor code, luxury bus tour going down to the Big Ten Championship game Sunday or Saturday morning and coming back Saturday night. Again, you get more details over at goldenlimo.com. Uh, until tomorrow when you'll see the film studies. Be sure to check that out. Oh, by the way, got to remind you, uh, on the Dropping Dimes episode tomorrow with Devin Gardner and Daniel Horton, our special guest, will be Will Johnson himself, the all-Big Ten first-team member, is going to join us. We'll have him break down that interception play. We'll have him talk about what they were saying on the field. So you're going to hear from Will 2J or Will2Johnson.com himself. So be on the lookout for that. That's tomorrow at 3 o'clock. He's going to join us on that show. Last but not least, this is the last day of the 75% off over on the MichiganInsider.com. Don't miss out because this really is the last day. It really is. So if you want to be in on the transfer portal news and recruiting news and all the intel that goes on with Michigan, get over on the MichiganInsider.com for 75% off an annual deal. As always, folks, we appreciate your time. We'll see you coming up on the film studies. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. What's that sound? Hold on, hold on. Let me get another sound. Sound, sound. Hold on. How many of you have two? Yeah. Oh, ten. Yeah, baby. All the way from London, Colorado. <laughs> We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the defense with Dan. Go blue. Go blue, baby. <laughs>